1: And welcome to another episode of Media Matters for Anfield Index. I'm your normal host, Dave Davis. I'm coming to you from a pretty sunny Edinburgh, we'll call it that so far. And it's my pleasure to be joined again by the renowned and well respected journalist David Lynch. David, how are we? Yeah, good, thank you. Good, good to be back on. Good stuff, and we'll see if you still feel that way at the end (laughs) of the grilling because we've got eight thousand questions that our listeners and subscribers want to ask you. So we'll do the normal guys. We'll go through the sort of on the pitch matters. We'll talk about the off the pitch because we know you're dying for us to ask David about transfers, etc., and any other things that are developing in relation to LFC. So probably it makes sense, David, to start on the pitch because. It seems almost crazy if you go back, sort of six or seven weeks ago. But we're talking about a Liverpool team that have now won seven in a row. There's this new formation, the three-two-two-three, as it's been called. The specific Trent role, the, Kurt, the Curtis element, which we'll talk about later. I suppose if we look at the formation first of all, this three-two-two-three, and specifically this Trent role that everyone's talking about, do you think is Is this almost here to stay? Is this next season starting early or do you think it could still be sort of transfer dependent? How do you see it at the moment?
2: Yeah, I, I I get the impression it's it's here to stay because I think there's certain elements of it that, that are not dissimilar to what was being tried early in the season and, and not really quite working in terms of, you know, I think to, the, the, you look at Salah's role, for example, he's, he's sort of popping up in, in more playmaker areas than goal-scoring areas at times and, and that was something that was heavily criticised at the start of the season, if you remember. Yeah. Um, and obviously other elements of it are totally different. For example, you know, what, what Trent is doing at the moment. Um, it is totally new, but I, but I do think it's here to stay because I think for, you know for starters, Young know, Klopp has been in that you know terrible period of results prior to this was was sort of just scratching around finding some way to to fix this, and I think he's found something that works. And and when you do that as a football manager, why would you change away from it? And you know, and and also if you if you were to change things in pre-season... You know, th- this has been so crucial. I, I think this this runner results even if you don't get top four, just in terms of building some momentum into next season. And and I think you know I can't see why Liverpool would change away from this when they've built all that momentum through the new system. Everyone's getting used to it. We're seeing more defensive solidity in that shape now that we weren't seeing yeah. when it was first introduced. So it's a really nice. It's looking really balanced and nice. And also look at the the I didn't see a lot of the transfer targets, and they, they look like they're really good fits for the system. So. You know, as far as I see it, I think I, th- I think it's here to stay, and, and and that Liverpool will hope to to take this bounce from this run of results in, into next season, regardless of whether it ends in in top four or not. Because it, it's just so massive for confidence. I think everyone's playing well as as things stand. So so why not stick with it?
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. We've definitely got that, as you said, bounce, the momentum all the way through. So fingers crossed, we do see this continuation, and probably more than anyone speaking of the the recent bounce that a player that sort of not could not come to attention, that's wrong to say, but Curtis Jones is in the, the spotlight for all the right reasons at the moment. I mean, I know you've always been a fan and he's really shining on that left side role, almost in an advanced station, so to speak. I suppose in relation to the bigger picture a little, is there any talk from within the club or do you think that he could maybe force a midfield rethink, i.e. maybe only two coming in instead of three, anything along those lines at all? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not quite
2: so sure it's sort of that drastic
1: in terms of thinking,
2: oh, well, we, we maybe don't need to reinforce that position because, you know, regardless of, of anything else, the, the sheer numbers that Liverpool are going to lose in there, they, they have to do something, don't they? You know, Alex Oxley Chamberlain's going to go, uh, Nabi and, and we know James Milner will, will definitely leave on a free transfer now as well. So they, they just need the numbers in there. So I, th- I think the idea will be that, you know, Curtis Jones maybe steps up into the the navigator role, for example, and, and and sort of you know is is a more available um, rotational option in that position. That, that's not to say okay he's, he's not really part of the first team. When we're going to sign someone who's going to play all the games and Curtis will be nowhere near. Because I think back to last season and the, the role cater uh, sort of fulfilled really was you know yeah. he was so involved in it in that quadruple run. It that was his best season for Liverpool for me He was. You know, he was a massive part of that, he played an awful lot of games, if you look at the numbers, and, and, and was a big part of it. And so, you know, even if you, you say you've signed an absolute superstar to play that sort of left-sided eight, Curtis Jones will still play. You know, you can you can end up being, you know, 30 starts, 45 appearances if, if Liverpool's season goes to plan. So, you know, I, I don't think it's forcing a rethink in terms of uh, what they need there. I still think that even if you sign someone and, and someone who's really, really good you're still going to need an awful lot of games from those those other players in the squad. And what Curtis is doing, I think, at the moment is just establishing that he, he should be part of that. And I think that was something that you would have said you know, in the middle of this season, was maybe up for debate because of the the struggles yeah. he had with injury not not doubts about his quality, but but just the, the the fitness problems. But he seems to be past that now, and and yeah, we're seeing what he's all about. And, and for me, a player who this has been obvious since he was in the academy. To be honest, that he was he was able to do this, and it's it's just so nice to see him a, a local lad doing doing really well in the team.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and fingers crossed it he continues. He's had horrendous luck with injuries, and yeah. different things, so fingers crossed that's all put to bed and I suppose because you did talk about the number of games this is one it's it's that classic godfather line just when I think we're out they pulled us back in Liverpool in this top four race because (laughs) it looked it looked a distant hope at best you know a month or so ago but we are right back in it but tempering expectations at the same time I know Jurgen Klopp's giving the public sort of You know, we expect all the others to win their games, Newcastle United, etc. Do you believe there is any sort of real hope that the top four is possible in the Liverpool squad's eyes, or is it, I think, more wishful thinking at this stage?
2: Yeah, I think the squad will believe it. I think you know they'll 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 believe that if they keep putting the pressure on. I think the main focus, you know, within the squad, as you say, will will just be on getting seventy one points. I think Liverpool. If they get seventy-one points, that that's the job they have to do from here. They have to win these next two and, and and make it nine wins on the spin to to finish the season. That that's the only thing they can control. They will think that if they do that, you know, it, it's putting a lot of pressure on the other two teams to to make sure they get over the line. And you yeah. know, seventy-one points, I think, is, is a tally, you'd almost be unlucky to to miss out in the Champions League. It's it's generally been seventy, hasn't it? If you if you, you sort of break yeah. that threshold. He tends to end up in the top four. So if, if Liverpool do get seventy one and, and miss out, they'll, they'll you can count themselves a little bit unlucky, really, in in that regard. But I think all all they can do is is just keep that pressure. And I think you know I, I look at United's fixtures and, and their really strong record at home, and I, I think catching them looks a bit of a big ask. But Newcastle, this is sort of you know this is new ground for them, really, and and there'll, there'll be some nerves there. There's no doubt about it. I'm, I'm already seeing the posts on Twitter about the identity of, of referees for, for games, <laughs> yeah. games you know, referee from the Wirral and, and is this corruption? So that, that shows there's some sort of nervousness amongst the fan base. And I'm, I've no doubt that will transfer to the team a little bit, particularly when they may be playing at home. So, you know, it, that, that can get in Newcastle's heads a little bit. And I think, you know, Liverpool just got to make sure that happens by winning their games. And if they do that, you know, anything can happen, because there's a couple of games there that Newcastle have got that you look at on paper and think, well, they could definitely slip up there. So, you yeah, know, fingers yeah. crossed that happens and, and Liverpool have a, a really good finish to what has been a, a sort of forgettable season.
1: Yeah, it's interesting when opposition fans say that, because obviously they've not heard of the names Paul Tierney or Anthony Taylor which will send a shudder down any red <laughs> spine. So, yeah, it will be interesting and fingers crossed we're in it still on the last day. And it is important to talk off the pitch matters as well, because that's naturally where, for all the buzz on the pitch, that you know there is a lot of talk about transfers and different things that's going on. And one name that it's a fascinating situation of the way it's been all season and been going on. Jörg Schmacker. I've no doubt you've had numerous questions or inquiries around this because there almost seems a bit of un, uncertainty about is it happening? His role, if you. If you look at the UK journalist reports, there's almost that, yeah, it's definite, sporting director, 2026, long term, etc. But then the noises we see from the German source on Twitter say shorter term, maybe even as a sort of consultant role, as they call it. And what was interesting, and I know you might not be able to tell us everything on this, but there was zero in Jurgen Klopp's last press conference around it, not even in the embargo section either at all. I mean... Is there a kind of a latest on this? Because there is that discrepancy if that's the right word.
2: Yeah, the only thing to Liverpool will confirm that that he's the front-runner at the moment and, and and talks are ongoing. One thing I can say is I did see a report from Germany this week that, that the idea that he was he's in Liverpool this week to to sort of finalise things, I've been told that that's completely untrue. He's he's not around at the moment, so don't be expected to see him if you're walking into Liverpool 1 doing your shopping. Um, <laughs> he's, he's not about this week, so... Uh, but 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 he is definitely the front runner in terms of what it's going to be. I, I, I'm not convinced by the, the talk of a short term deal. I just don't think Liverpool need that, and I, I'm, I'm more convinced by the reports about it being a you know a long term thing to to be the sporting director alongside Jurgen Klopp. Um, I, I don't think it's a short term thing. Not least because Liverpool don't really need that. Julian Ward is going to be heavily involved in, in this summer's business and they, they, they want to get it done really early as well, which would probably be before Julian Ward's contract expires. So that is, you know, seems likely to happen. So I don't think they need anyone in on a, a, in a consultancy role to do that. I think the idea is that Schmack would come in as the the long term sporting director and maybe his contract would mirror that of Jürgen Klops and he would expire at the same time. Um, and then, you know, Liverpool have got a plan for that. But I think, yeah, I think it's more of a, a long-term appointment than anything else, uh, despite those sort of suggestions that it's just a, a short-term thing.
1: We, yeah, which which does tally with some of the reports, as you said, that we've seen around in line with Klopp's contracts and especially that element which keeps being repeated about wanting to do the business early, i.e. well before pre-season resumes as well. And speaking of business, naturally, the, the countryman of Yorksmackia, Ron, your story as well, I've got to say. Ron Robert Zieler, so the experience keeper from Hanover, German International. So suggestions, and and I think if I read your article right, that originally it was talk of a free transfer, but now because of the extension, it's been activated at a nominal fee. I suppose there's natural suggestions, and we may be going 2-2 and and getting 26 here, but throwing up question marks around Kelleher's future, I mean... Are the two directly linked? And that's probably the second part question. What is the latest on the Zilla transfer?
2: Yeah, so so the latest I, I sort of heard from the, the sort of player side of things was that there has been contact there. Liverpool have, have asked, you know, what it would take to get him out. Would he be interested in making the move? Um, but there's, there's nothing sort of concrete there at the moment because, you know, the way it was put to me is that Liverpool don't exactly know what they're going to need this summer. I, I think it's looking incredibly likely that... That Adrian goes when his when his contract expires so they do know they need at least one keeper there but it's not nothing's really concrete around Kelleher in terms of you know yes there is interest we know sort of Brighton like him Brentford have been mentioned Tottenham or another uh, th- there's definitely big interest now, and, and I think Kelleher will 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 sort of go because I, I think he'll he'll want the first team football I think we can sort of say that much but until Liverpool know that he's definitely going to go and the deal is in place they don't exactly know what what they're going to need there so you know, they're spinning some plates, they're they making inquiries and zila's is just one of the names that they've sort of inquired about. He would appeal for so many reasons. Obviously, the homegrown element, that that's yeah. going to be a factor for Liverpool. This somebody could do with signing some English players or some German players with homegrown yeah. qualification. That would be helpful. So I think Zila would be one. If Kelleher goes, that that would definitely be looked at. But I, I do wonder, just looking at his age and the fact he's he's obviously playing the second tier of German football at the moment, yeah, I think he's more of an Adrian replacement. That that is my read on it. Um, I I couldn't guarantee that, but I think you know Liverpool would, if Kelleher was to go, would would probably look for someone a little bit um, more high profile and, and and probably been playing at a higher level more recently than than to uh, to go down the route of of,
1: of making Zila a second choice. That makes sense. So, yeah, even the possibility, one, well, maybe even two new keepers arriving at Anfield, very possible in that regard. Brilliant. And another name, I'm sure you've been asked about this before, and I might be pronouncing this wrong, but Manuel Ugarte, the Uruguayan currently at Sporting Lisbon. And again, this seems the real variance depending on which country you're in, because the suggestions, and, and again, this is Twitter I accept from sort of Uruguayan Portuguese sources, tends to be. Yeah, they are all very much alive to this. They're, they're talking to Jörg Mendes as well. However, what we've seen from the UK side, again, is that that sort of repetition that he, he's been looked at, maybe monitored, the famous phrase, but he's not high on the priority list. Is that what you're hearing as well, or is there any variation in that?
2: Yeah, so so my, my understanding on this is that I can pretty much rule it out. Quite categorically, um, I've been told, no interest. And I know people will probably hear that or or read it or whatever. And and you get a lot of people saying, oh, well, um, you know, journalists have ruled things out before, but not quite this categorically. Wow. I don't think I've ever put my name to something where I have said, he will definitely not sign for Liverpool. And then they've signed. And and I'm willing to say that in in this moment about Ugarte. Just, you know, I've had it sort of... Firmly knocked down. I do not expect him to sign for Liverpool. I understand why Liverpool's name is being mentioned. Obviously, I think he, there's a really good chance he moves to the Premier League this summer. And there's a few clubs who are in the running there. Aston Villa have been mentioned, haven't they? Um, and, yeah. and by all accounts, a quality player. Not someone I, I could say I've watched an awful lot of, but but um, you know, I, I did see him against Arsenal, um, I believe, and and. Uh, you know he he's clearly sort of someone who's, who's ready for that step up to the Premier League and and is posting really good numbers hasn't he at, at sporting so he's ready for that but I don't think it's going to be Liverpool. And one thing I sort of heard about him as well and, and, and this is not my insight. Like I say I'm not I'm not an expert on, on on players at other clubs, but there's sort of an obsession around him I think amongst the fan base online because yeah there's, there's a suggestion that he's a number six because of his tackling numbers and, and things like that. But I've seen you know, a lot of people who I, I sort of whose opinions I trust who are good analysts of the game and watch a lot more foreign football than I, I would maybe watch. have have sort of turned him really as more of a, a destroyer who chases the, the ball around the pitch and, and gets his tackles in that way. So, you know, I understand why there's a desire to sign him because I think he's a really good player and definitely someone Liverpool have, have looked at at some point. But yeah. I, I don't think he's that out-and-out out number six that people are really desiring. So, you know, I, I think this, that, that should be tempered a little bit. You know, Liverpool aren't going to sign in this summer, I can, I can say that. But he's also, he's not the number six that people are, are desperate for as well. So, you know, maybe people should consider that when they react angrily to that, to that news.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I can't promise you the bit on reactions, but I understand the logic completely. It does make sense in that regard. And an interesting one around names. And I, I even thought, as I a, was a describing this, it does seem to be the same three, specifically reoccurring names that are mentioned through... Various sources, you know, respected, like, as you said previous times, that respect for Paul Joyce. He's mentioned these three specifically, as well as in Alexis McAllister, Mason Mount, and Ryan Gravenbirch. Those are the three reoccurring names. Is that the same that you're hearing? These are sort of the priority targets? I know that's my word, or anything different at all.
2: Yeah, Gravenbirch is an interesting one. I I, I, I don't know if if he is quite a, a priority target. I think it's one where if the deal could be done and Bayern were willing to let him go, I think Liverpool would definitely want to make that happen because they've liked him for a long time. But I feel like in terms of priority targets, I would suggest would probably more fit the bill for McAllister and Mount, definitely. I think, you know, McAllister... 100% Hundred percent. I think that's going to be the, the main midfield signing if Liverpool can get it over the line. They, they, they know what they need to do, and, and Brighton are difficult to negotiate with. But I do think they're sort of open to if they can get a really decent fee for him. I think this is the summer that he goes. So um, Liverpool, you know, are, are going to make steps to 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 make that happen. You know, like I said, they, they want to get that done early if they can, and I think Brighton would be the same. They would probably prefer the certainty as well of getting it done. And yeah. So you know, expect some sort of movement of that as soon as the season ends. Really, I think I think there's already been contact with his with his uh, entourage, and, and and yeah, I think they already know exactly what sort of contract he would he would want if he was to join Liverpool. But that's yeah, once once the end of the season's out of the way and everybody knows where they finished, I think that's when that will really step up. Mount a slightly more delicate situation because of his situation with Chelsea and, and that's the way it's been yeah. described to me from, from the players' side. It's it's one where Liverpool have to sort of wait a little bit more patiently and, and, and see how that pans out. But there is that element of the deadline on Chelsea's side, isn't there, for FFP? They, they would have yeah. to sell by June 30th. So, Again, that's one where I think get to the end of the season, we'll we'll very suddenly start start seeing movement on that. I I, I don't expect him to, to to sign again for Chelsea. There's, there's been no movement there. It's the latest I've heard in terms of contract negotiations. So really, it does look like he's 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 heading for the exit, and Liverpool's the the most likely destination. And then yeah, Gravenberch would would maybe be the bonus on top of that if if Liverpool could get the deal done. But I think I think if they could get the other two, that that would be the the real main priority
1: at the moment. Yeah, which makes complete sense in line with what we've, what we've heard, what we've read, etc. And I'm probably there's a, there's a bit of nervousness as I'm asking you this, because the last time we asked, it was good to know, but anyone's Caicedo hearts were broken, there was no links there, and we've ruled Ugarte out now as well. Is there any other names that... Because Liverpool do like a, I call it a late transfer or an under-the-radar, the way like Luis Diaz just came in. Is there any other sort of names you think we should be paying attention to, or is it is it those three the focus? Would you say?
2: Yeah, I, I, I keep seeing uh, Jorian Timber's name coming up a lot, and I, I can't, you know, with concrete certainty say he's he's someone Liverpool are, are chasing and definitely like, but but he just makes a lot of sense to me um, in terms of I think they know what they'd have to pay Ajax, so they they, they could factor that into the business already. I think. He's flexible in terms of how he plays. He, he, he's a he's a centre half who can move into fullback positions. Which you, you know you look in this new system, it's kind of quite handy. Canate's sort of being dragged out to right back quite a lot, isn't he? Uh, we're yeah. seeing, and, and, and I think on the left hand side you've got Andy Robertson there playing as a sort of he's playing as the left side centre half a lot of the time yeah. at the moment. That's the way it's sort of shaping up. So. I think someone who's flexible like that, like Timber, he he makes a lot of sense to me. Um, You know, we'll have to see how that sort of pans out, and I'm sure there's a lot of other names on the list in terms of centre halves, but just sort of ticks a lot of boxes for me at the moment. I think so. Maybe that's one to keep an eye on. But like I say, I I can't sort of say that with concrete certainty. But it's
1: just I've just got a a little sneak that there might be something there. But we'll we'll we'll, we'll see. Yeah, it's an interesting one that, especially as the uh, the Dutch side, a lot of noises coming from, you know. That country around the player, isn't it? And even ex ex Dutch players, I think it was Schneider Van der Meade, who were mentioning the other day. So definitely one to keep an eye on. It. And speaking of, oh well, I know we talked about it, but it's always important to sort of reference any outs. Now, I know you've talked about the the levers, the freebies, as it were, the rumours around Kelleher. I suppose the maybe the other sur- surprise. There's not been much talk around any defensive exits. There's no real been real mentions around. Nat Phillips, Joe Matip, even the early murmurs a good month ago or so around Simi position, but that all seems to have gone quiet. Is there any sort of further murmurs around X's at all that you're hearing?
2: No, not not at the moment. Um, I know uh, Neil Jones had written, Andy, that, that, that Matip leaving would be a possibility. I, I think that the, the key factor there is is sort of, you know, where does the interest come from? You know, yeah. he, he's had his injuries, he's one year out from being available on a free, so would, would other clubs prefer to wait? Um, You know, Simicast is one where I think, he, you know, the club and him are going to have a decision to make. He, he's spoken in an interview hasn't he, recently about, sort of, you know, he, he would kind of like to play more and he, he'll be two years out at the end of the season. So I, yeah. I just think it's one where I don't think Liverpool are going to actively push him out the door, but I think you know, there could be interest there. They could have a decision to make if an offer comes in and and, and that might appeal to them. So I think they're two that you could definitely put on the list as, as possibilities for leaving. But I, again, I don't think the ones that people put, that, that will be pushed out because, you know, even if you were to sign a centre-half who's got the ability to play at full-back, Matip's situation with his contract will will essentially even that out in 12 months' time anyway. You know, yeah. the way that, for example, Tiago was signed 12 months before Wijnaldum's departure that sort of you know, uh, Gakpo being signed six months before Bobby leaves, um, and, and essentially taking their their roles up in the squad. I think that that you know Liverpool are comfortable in doing that. So I don't think there's an urgency to sort of push the likes of Matip out the door. But certainly, you know, if a if a decent offer came in for Matip, same same for Simicast, it it would be one that Liverpool would sort of look at. I've no doubt about that.
1: Yeah, absolutely, that would make sense and. Liverpool do have a penchant for letting players leave on a freebie recently as well, don't they? Running down the deals once it's on the book, so to speak. So it would make a, a lot of sense for that embedding period if it, if it is Timber or another one coming in. And, and I'm probably expecting there's, again, if you do, there's maybe a little you can tell us, but it would be remiss of me not to ask about the investment situation because it's been one that's been rumbling on and then there's been, Almost murmurs around it, hasn't there, from the likes of James Pearce, Dave Powell? There's almost an intimation that it could be advancing. And again, that's my word. I don't know if it's the right one. Is there any updates? And maybe I should say, is there any updates that you can tell us that you've heard at all or any latest? Yeah, so. uh...
2: I've read those reports and obviously two journalists who have excellent track record, so I have no doubt, absolutely, it's certain that what they've written is correct. And and if there's confidence from Liverpool's side that something's going to get done in some of them, then perhaps that's going to be the case. But I can, you know, I can just say from my side, I haven't really heard anything concrete on that at the moment. Not sure where that sort of confidence is being transmitted from in terms of something happening with that. I'm not not quite sure um, I know there were rumours of a, a GIC Singapore being yeah a, a couple of months back. Um, that was one I chased and and, and and didn't really get any encouragement on, on, on either side of that story, really. So, um, you know, I'm not saying that that's not, definitely not true, but, I, you know, because sometimes you, you get lied to as a journalist. But I, I didn't get the feeling that there, there was anything really being pursued on that one. So. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure where the investment is coming from, but but Liverpool do seem, you know, seem to be transmitting confidence that that, that something will get done this summer. So, yeah, I, I can't really sort of add more to that. We'll we'll just sort of have to see how that pans out. And I will,
1: you know, as usual, just keep digging on that one. Which, yeah, which makes sense. I suppose it, it's really cynical to say, but there will be the the element of the fan base that's thinking. Normally, if you think of the way Liverpool do business, we've been an almost historically, I should say anyway, a, a sell to buy club. That there doesn't seem to be many assets, particularly that are, you know are strong that we prepared to cash in on, if that's the right phrase. So, if you know the investment isn't coming in or isn't close, even if that's the right phrase, how will the spending spree for the likes of McAllister, Mount, even potential you know, Graven Birch Timber, all these people be funded? I mean. Because And I'm using your phrase there. I know you said, David, that the club is transmitting confidence. Is that the sort of, and it's using a modern word here, so apologies, is that the vibes or the word you are get, there is confidence there will be this money to spend in the summer that Jurgen Klopp will get that money for the reinforcements he needs?
2: Yeah, I've, I've, I've no doubt about that. I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not so sure that that's completely investment dependent. I think one of the big factors is that this Anfield Road stand is, you know, the, the building on that is is coming to an end. That's that's been such a drain on the on the coffers, really. It, it, for me, it doesn't yeah. get spoken about enough. That that being paid off in real time is. It's basically cost Liverpool sort of a player each summer for the last two summers. That you know, when you look at the board, wow. it's really quite clear where you know that that's where the money's going. And I, I've criticized Liverpool before for, for taking short term debt on to do that. I, I, and, and like I said, I don't, I don't think it's a factor that's discussed enough, um, to be honest. So I think that that project coming to an end is, is, is particularly helpful. And also, you know, we've seen FSG have done splurges in the past, I think around sort of 2018 when they really built this team. Uh, there was, you know, over several transfer windows, quite a big spend really. And, and yes, they've, they've allowed this, this team to sort of reach its end now. But I think that there's, there's no excuse now that you're in a sort of post pandemic world. And as I say, that infrastructure project is, is coming to a close now to, to not have the, the funds there to be able to spend because, because Liverpool generate an awful lot of cash. And um, so, so I do expect, regardless of what happens with the investment, uh, this to be sort of a, a really big summer. And, and, and if it's not, then there should be serious
1: questions to answer because there is there's no excuses there to be honest. Yeah, it, it does feel pivotal either either way, whatever happens. And probably the the last question. Hopefully it's a it's a sad but a nice one because we're asking pretty much people this week that there will be the sadness in the Villa game as it's Bobby Firmino's final outing at Anfield, and we see how what the uh, the sort of adoration the travelling cop gave him in that Leicester game was just brilliant. What we're asking people, David, is most podcasts, any favourite Bobby memory that you have, sort of a memory that sums him up, or if there's one thing you remember him for, what it will be? Um, I
2: mean, there, is, there are so many moments he's contributed to, so just with sheer brilliance, it's sort of hard to pinpoint one, but I, I would say one of my favourite things ever, which I just thought summed him up, was the, um, when, when Sadio Mane and, and Mo Salah had the little argument at Burnley and he got caught on camera for me, you know, didn't he, coming down yeah. and he gives the little side eye to the camera. And I just thought he's somewhat, he just doesn't, you know, it doesn't take things too seriously. Just such a fun player to watch. And he's got that sort of personality. And I think that's that's why sort of fans have, have taken to him so much because he's, he isn't that guy. He's not a serious, he's not serious, is he? The way he plays is fun. Yeah. He also marries that with, with sort of the hard work and the graft, he's just a you know perfect player for fan, fans to take to, and, and and you know it's going to be difficult to replace him as well. I will say that because he, he's basically it was like having an extra defender when you were defending and an extra attacker because of the timing of his runs um, into the box when Liverpool were on the counter. It's just a just a, a, a genius of a player, so intelligent. Um, you know, we're saying Gakpo is a is a decent replacement for him at the moment. a yeah. Really good start, but wow, he's he's got big big shoes to fill there. Um, and I'm sure it's going to be a really an emotional send off for uh, for Firmino on Saturday. I'm really looking forward to being there and seeing it because it just yeah, he's he's it's going to be massive and he, and he absolutely deserves it. What a, what what a a joy to watch.
1: Yeah, absolutely. A, a real and the word gets used far too easily at times, but. An absolute Liverpool legend. There probably won't be a dry eye in the house and fingers crossed. I have no doubts whatsoever when I'm saying that he will get the send-off that he deserves. I suppose, again, thank you because I know we've given you a sort of a good grilling in and asked everything we can possibly think of potentially. Is there is there anything else you think is worth mentioning Liverpool-wise or anything to keep an eye on developments fixture-wise, anything like that at all? Although I do know we've asked you everything we can think of there. Um, I suppose one thing to keep an eye out for this week is is whether the FA sort of hand
2: down that, that ban for Jurgen off the back of yeah. the, the comments, the post Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, that that'd be an interesting one whether they squeeze that in because I am expecting it to exceed one game, which means you know if it, if it's going to be a two match touchline ban, will the FA manage to sort of squeeze it in before Villa? And he maybe maybe he's not on the touchline for the the final two games of the season. That
1: that's maybe one to watch out for. Yeah, absolutely. It it does seem to have uh, gone quiet since they asked for his representations on that. So, yeah, definitely one to watch. Good stuff. In that case, it only leaves me to say, as ever, thank you very much for your time, David. It is much appreciated. No, thanks for having me. Thank you. Good stuff. And that, people, was another Media Matters.
0: We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically.